Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. This is the Ocean Protect Podcast, talking about the issues that face our oceans and what we can do about it. Presented by Ocean Protect, committed to change. The tattoo runner, adventures and activism, the Prince of Bagara, Matthew Grills. Welcome to the Ocean Protect Podcast. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. <laughs> Jeez, now, that was, that was well, well rehearsed, Brad. That was well done. <laughs> I, Grills, I have huh? my moments. I think that's the first intro I've actually prepared for. So, Matt, you should be uh, feel very privileged, but uh, you are indeed Matthew Grills. You're calling from Bagara, Matt. Is that right? I am, yes. Bagara, just near Bundaberg in Queensland. Boom, boom, shake the room. And and what do you do in Bagara besides uh, strutting around town looking cool? Uh, the list is lengthy, uh, but I guess uh, my occupation is we own a specialty coffee shop in Bagara and we live here. I uh, have two little girls, do the whole family thing, school, train and run the business. So that amongst a bit of coaching and uh a few other bits and pieces along the way. Cool bananas, and you're you're an avid listener of the uh, podcast, Matt. Are you? I'm an avid listener. However, <laughs> since Ultraman training and the bike time has been <laughs> become non uh, not happening at all, pretty much. I'm a little behind in my podcast, so I am an avid <laughs> listener, but I'm a few episodes behind. But well, the, the funny thing is, through COVID and and everyone's habits have changed and and whatnot. You know, like Brad and I thought our ratings would actually go down. Um, and I think our probably ratings have gone down because everyone else has got other things to do and they're so plugged into teams meetings and everyone's online now. The last thing you want to do is listen to another bloody podcast. But we're actually, you know, we're, we're connecting with new audiences. So hopefully everyone up in Bagara will, once you, you know, give them a big shout out after this show, will log on and listen to the Ocean Protect podcast. But you are one of the very few long-time listeners, Matt. So from me to you, welcome to the show. Thank you, mate. I have been listening since episode one, so it's uh, yeah. And, and, and we should and we should point out Matt's actually provided some really interesting feedback uh, to uh, the, our podcast, and and actually talk about ratings boosts. I, I'm expecting a very big uh, boost in ratings in the uh, angry vegan community because this is a this is a conversation that's been building for a little while. Because uh, and I hope you don't mind me putting on the spot, Matt, but uh, Matt has been one of our angry vegans who have actually written into the show and said. You know, Brad, you're a legend, vegan superstar, but Jeremy, how could he be a director of Ocean Protect and still eat meat? Yeah. <laughs> Again, welcome, Matty Grills. Welcome, mate. Oh, this is the corner. Let's go. Oh. Let's not say angry, just uh, some feedback provided. <laughs> but we should point out, before we get into the vegan discussion, you mentioned your ultra uh, man shenanigans. So you are you are a bit of a local legend in, in Bagara and likely beyond you've got a fair old ultra endurance slash running pedigree uh do you want to sort of 
tell the listeners exactly what you've done in the past. Well, well hold on. Before you do that, Maddie, we love, as you know, a good backstory. So come on, mate. Let's wind back to Wee Nipper. Where you're from? How have you got here? I grew up uh, in Bundy and went to school and did everything here and then couldn't wait to get out and did some fair bit of travel. I was an exchange student overseas and uh, in Finland, actually. Lived over there for a year and came back and then toured around Australia in a band. And Now, what was the band called again, man? Well, I have been in a couple, but the main one that I was in was a little later, but that was uh, called Slain of Myself. It was, a, it was a hardcore band. So It was a hardcore rock band and Matt was the front man. And I've seen footage of this gentleman in action and, oh, my Lord. I'm not sure if you're an angry uh, vegan, but you certainly had a lot to uh, shout about. I definitely was not vegan then, I'll tell you. Are you one of those... Yeah. Okay, well... The band that I actually toured in was was actually not that band. That was a a different band organised by a a church group on the Gold Coast. So we, we toured around and played in high schools. And through the process, I met my wife and we got married pretty young uh, at 18 and 19. So we, we moved back to Bundy shortly uh, for a short period, got married and moved to Brisbane. And that's basically the reason we moved was to, to start the band. So did that for a number of years and did a number of short tours and recorded and had a really good time and just worked a factory job and just kind of got into the swing of life as a young man. Decided to sign up for my first marathon when I was still at the gym and 103 kilos and uh, my legs were, let's just say not running legs. That's Uh, not not match day fitness. Yeah. And through that process as well, I I thought that maybe I should start being a contributing member and responsible member of society and get a real job. And then eventually decided to apply for the police, which is quite humorous to us now, uh, looking back. (laughs) What, what, what was it? Sorry, our listeners can't see what Matt looks like. You don't really look like a policeman to me, mate. <laughs> no, no. Joined the police and did that for nearly five years. We moved back to, to Bundaberg and- hold on, and hold on, so you actually are a, a former policeman? Yeah, it's correct. Yeah, oh, yeah, for nearly five years. So, yeah, so I got in and although it's it's interesting, I, I get in different conversations with people at the shop and even though- I sort of look the way I look and tattoos and, and people may have a, a certain opinion. I actually don't have a problem with taking taking orders and, and being given instruction. So that sort of environment and being told specifically what to do and, and how to do it, yeah. it I, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. So it, it suited for a little while. And Have you ever shot someone? I didn't shoot anyone. No, no, I have some good stories, but I didn't shoot. Um, well, obviously, because you're a good policeman. That's what you yeah. <laughs> Did you taser anyone? No. I actually, funnily enough, in the whole five years, I uh, the only accoutrements that I used were my handcuffs. So Was that on I, or off duty? Maybe multiple benefits. <laughs> I was sort of always of the opinion that, and this is certainly not always the case, but I sort of have the opinion that if you're a good communicator, that you could diffuse a lot of situations uh, through communication without using force of a high degree. There may be some minimal force needed to be used, but I believe that, you know, maybe I was just lucky with the situations I was in, but I, Mm. I sort of was able to use communication a lot of the time to diffuse situations. So uh, I guess I was fortunate in that regard. During that time, which I'm sure we'll get into as well, I had 
some health scares and there was a bit of a transition with my diet, but five years was the police. That was, that was enough. I'd sort of had enough after about three and a half, four years. That was that little stage. It's, it's interesting. We we're moving at the moment and we're going through some old uh, photo albums. <laughs> and we sort of laugh because most people, they'll be quote unquote normal and then maybe get a tattoo <laughs> or a shave their head or I don't know, do something random. And it's like, that's their like, lash out stage it was like me trying to be normal was like my midlife crisis <laughs> we need to put in the show notes a photo of just so the listeners can see manny in his entirety like just right now and right now i can see like a lovely woman on your uh right hand shoulder you've got white you've, you, 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 <laughs> yeah you've got a white uh, nail polish on you've got these mess like basically it looks like a rock star people like <laughs> a rock star not a policeman a rock star but anyway i'm sure we'll put that in the note so you had a midlife crisis and joined the police force and then what happened it was interesting because we had our first daughter and i feel like this is quite a common thread with a lot of men particularly that i felt really trapped and in a job that was a career and earning reasonable money and and security and not something that i wanted to do so i felt really trapped i didn't have anything to fall back on i hadn't studied as such all the while even while in, in the police i I was working in cafes and helped start a few cafes around town. And I, and I always loved that environment. I loved the daily interaction with people, uh, getting to see the same people each day, meeting new people and uh, doing my best to have a positive impact on people's lives, whether it be for 30 seconds or, you know, whether it be a couple of hours that they stay in the shop. So after a little pondering and uh, trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, uh, we decided that, we'd start a cafe and it, it sounds very glitzy and glamorous, but it was a lot of hard work and took a significant amount of time to make that dream a reality and almost didn't happen. But uh, eventually we, four years, nearly four years ago now, we, we started our own shop in Bagara. So, we should point out the uh, cafe. So it's the Journey Cafe in beautiful Bagara, which uh, for those who aren't familiar with the Bagara, is uh, just near Bundaberg. And it's actually home to the uh, Monrepo Turtle Nookery, uh, which I'm sure, Matt, you've seen the uh, eggs uh, the eggs uh, being laid with the turtles there. Yeah, we're, we're in a pretty special spot here. I mean, the, the turtles uh, quite often just come up on any of the beaches along the front of Bagara. And I've got a number of friends who mm. volunteer and, and assist with the the Monrepo Centre there and with either relocating eggs so they're kept safe or uh, assisting the turtles when they're laying to make sure that they're looked after. And it's a pretty it's a pretty special spot. And as far as you guys are concerned and what you do on a daily basis, uh, so, so important. So, you know, and it's also, they say, the gateway to the Great Barrier Reef so we can head out to the Barrier Reef from here. It's only a short boat right away. And... Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful spot. I think it's perfect. I'm like an advocate for tourism <laughs> for Vigaro, but it's the perfect yeah. sort of mix of, mm. of temperature. You know, it's just before you get super humid and go north. But, um, you know, it, it's it's a really nice spot. And as far as the environment goes and what's happening with the turtles and whales as well, you know, I guess they're the main things around this area. It's It's a pretty special place. And, and obviously you are, you are indeed the Prince of Bagara and it is a beautiful part of the world and you are a local celebrity, let's face it. So, uh, and, and, a, and a key reason for that, apart from the, all the tattoos and piercings and, and hair is, uh, 
you, you, you've uh, created a bit of naming for yourself in the ultra running and ultra endurance community. So can you give people a bit of a snapshot exactly what you've actually done in the past? Yeah, just in my own defense on the Prince of Bugara thing, I, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I may have, uh, I think it was a combination of some uh, customers and also myself uh, dubbing myself that. And look, it's probably fair. Uh, There's nothing wrong with a, a, a self-given title. Uh, uh, Brad's got plenty of them. Brad's got plenty of them. Yes, we, we are well aware of Brad's uh, self-titling. Let's say, yeah, it was the gun. Get him out, Brad. Get it out. That's right. You've got two tickets to the gun show right here. Yeah. <laughs> I do love this place. I think it's. Mm. Uh, I think it's a fantastic little town. I am a little bit of a media tart and done some tourism things and uh, things for Queensland Weekender and a few bits and pieces. But I, I, I really do enjoy that stuff and I really enjoy promoting good things, whether that be the area that I live in or whether it be my exploits or uh, our shop or whatever that might be. So mm. it's, uh, yeah, it's probably well-deserved, but that's something I do enjoy doing. You're obviously a great communicator, uh, and, and, and communication and anything, whether it's police, environmental issues, et cetera. But we'll come back to that. Brad asked the question, you're a crazy ultra runner. Tell us about what you've been doing. And I, I hear some crazy things for 2022. So come on, answer the question. Yeah, so <laughs> I got into marathon running uh, to do something with my dad. And we did our first marathon and, and the goal was, uh, four hours and I did four hours and one minute and nearly killed myself. And uh, that sort of lit a bit of a fuse of doing something completely out of my comfort zone and, and something to do and share with my dad. Uh, not long after running a marathon and I may have run a couple of other marathons or halves, I read a book that many people would have probably read called Ultra Marathon Man uh, about a guy named Dean Carnesis that run uber long distances and it was, I'm a pretty slow reader, but I read it in three days and just blew my mind uh, and just immediately started looking for, for ultra marathons. So since that time, my dad and I run many races. Uh, I've run uh, over 50, I think over 50 now ultra marathons. What's an ultra marathon for, I mean, because I know it's just absolutely stupid, isn't it? Four, it's four marathons at once. No, no. No, no, no. it's a good question. Um, a lot of people don't know. So an ultra marathon is basically anything further than a marathon. So uh-huh. technically 43, 43 kilometers is an ultra marathon, okay. but generally the consensus is 50K sort of above is, is classed as an ultra marathon. What's the longest so, you've done? So longest I've done uh, was I did a wrap a self-organized event before we opened the shop to try and raise some funds. We, we couldn't get assistance from the bank or we couldn't get loans to start the, the shop. So I decided to do a bit of a crowdfund me. And uh, I ran from my house at Bagara to the roastery that we get our coffee from at Budrum. So or the other side of Budrum at Wurrana. So that was uh, 200 miles or 320 kilometers uh, in one go. 200 miles? Yeah, 200 miles. At once? At once. Well, you, you, you got to sleep. Well, I slept on the side of the road for um, a total of, I think, over the whole thing, it was maybe two, two and a half hours over the whole 50, I think it was 57 and a half hours it took. So <laughs> It's staggering. So I was just sleeping on the side of the road in the dirt, 
it was also one of the hottest November days in something like 40 years, so I didn't pick the So you're sleeping on the side of the road in the dirt next to snakes, spiders, everything that can kill you apart from the ultra marathon that you're actually trying to finish. <laughs> yeah, Matt, yeah, pretty much. You're, you're smarter than what you look, mate. You know what I mean? Jeez. <laughs> pretty amazing. But, I mean, that, that was after a few years of running. I mean, we, Dad and I, my dad, uh, many years ago now, he had, uh, he had prostate cancer. So at the start of my so ultra running, career dad and i ran as a relay we ran to from bundy to brisbane and back uh, and that was over a number of days and we did sort of fundraising and raising awareness along the way for for prostate cancer and men's health uh and then the 200 mile run i've done a number of 100 mile runs i had a crack at ultraman which was completely out of my league uh and yeah so nearly 50 well, over 50 ultra marathons but what I'm sort of building to at the moment, which you asked Jeremy and alluded to, uh, currently I'm in the process of doing uh, 100 half marathons in a row. Uh, and then this is all in lead up to what I think and believe will be sort of my running legacy. So at the moment, 100 half marathons in a row. Uh, next year on the 22nd of September, I'll be running 50 marathons in a row. And then 22.922, which is 50 days out from my 40th birthday, uh, I'm going to run from the westernmost to easternmost point of Australia. And the, the plan is 100K a day for 50 days. So that, that is just mind-boggling. Well, it is to me at the moment too. <laughs> hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Has anyone ever done that? Not from the westernmost to easternmost, and... The only thing I can really compare it to is the the guy who set, I believe, is the current record running across the states. Like, mm. It may have well, been well, broken. Gum. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, Jeremy. Funnily enough, he was a vegan as well. Ah, uh, they're all vegan. Well, Forrest Gump's a vegan. <laughs> no, no, the guy that ran across. <laughs> but I think he did possibly. Uh, was just under 100k a day, and uh, I heard about this. I did. Oh, it's crazy. Days. It was 40 something days. So that's the only thing I can really compare it to. There's been a number of people run from Perth to Sydney or Perth to Adelaide, but not the actual extremities that I mm. can find. I, I'm yet to be proven otherwise. But uh, it's been something I wanted to do for seven or eight years, and and have always had in the back of my mind. And it's been on hold for for whatever reason. But I now have. A bit of a platform. I'm I'm building, trying to build some momentum 
and sponsors and things. Well, after after you've been on the show, I'm sure the money's just going to come <laughs> flocking in. I'm certainly not chasing a lot of cash. I mean, well, you need support. I mean, who's going to be with you for fifty hundred? Was it fifty hundred kilometer days? Is it? Yeah, fifty yeah. fifty days of a hundred k a day. So. Uh, I mean, you're going to need some people. You need some carrots. You're going to need some broccoli. <laughs> you're going to need it all, bro. Yeah, oh my yeah. Goodness. But I mean, we. I I think from my hardcore roots, I sort of I'm a bit of a DIY. Do things pretty pretty low key. But the big vision behind it for me personally is for selfish reasons. It's something I've always wanted to do. But also, I'm encouraging people to take part in either their own 50-day challenge. But ideally, I would love to encourage people to to give uh, going vegan a go for 50 days while I do the runs. So that's in seriousness. That's the the idea behind it all. Yeah. So uh, I've got a few good little sponsors on board at the moment, but it's certainly going to take some planning and preparation. Mm. And I'm already starting to do that. So. That's that's the plan for the next couple of years. It's, it's staggering. So currently you're doing – you're really in the midst. I think you're on day 40-something of your half marathon sort of schedule. So you're doing 50 half marathons. Is it 50 half marathons in 50 days? It was going to be 50, but I, I sort of did that in lead up to my last race. Not that exact thing, but I did the same sort of volume of training in lead yeah. up to my last race. So I decided – I don't have any racing between now and the end of the year, so I may as well do 100 days. So, okay, uh, so it's 100. You're, doing, you're in the middle of 100 marath- half marathons in 100 days. No rest, no rest day uh, in between. And then next year, it's a marathon a day, every day for 50 days. And then the year after is the big one, 100K a day for 50 days from the westernmost point of Australia to the easternmost point of Australia, trying to get to Byron Bay in time for your 40th birthday. Exactly right. Sounds good, doesn't it? Logistically speaking, like Jeremy sort of asked the question, and, and I don't imagine you'll be sleeping in the dirt on the side of the road, I'm hoping, but for the 2022 run, the, the, the 100K a day for 50 days, what does it involve logistically? Because it's not just a case of you running along and you're hoping for the best, is it really? Yeah, I think the biggest challenge will potentially be just access to uh, to supplies, so food mm. and water, because uh, obviously it's, it's a pretty sparse country for overseas listeners. There's there's not a whole lot. I've been across the Nullarbor by vehicle twice, and it's it's very, very sparse. So access to food and water is, is going to take some planning and certainly a reasonable amount of uh, supplies on board. And no, we won't be sleeping in the dirt, uh, but it will be it will be reasonably low key in that we'll we'll have a probably a big RV is the plan, and then a, a smaller van. Uh, so the RV will potentially drive ahead fifty to one hundred k where we're going to finish for the day, and then the smaller van will leapfrog say every uh, three to five k. I'll wait on the side of the road with supplies, and um, yeah, and we'll have a team. I I don't really want any more than half a dozen mm. uh, because I think in, in, in the past when I've done things like this, having too many people on board, it can, it can get too much. And obviously the fatigue levels and the organization mm. are going to be massive. So I think a select smaller team is more ideal than having, you know, a dozen people all running yeah. and not knowing what they're doing. So I remember uh, Trent Grimsey, the Australian <laughs> legend, something, something across the English channel, and he only had sort of, I think, one or two people on his boat. Boat captain and two boat sort captain, of helpers, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I remember him like leaning over and trying to read a board and they were trying <laughs> not to piss him off, but he could tell he was pissed off. Like imagine being 
what, five, you know, 100K days in, you'd be like, yeah. oh, my feet are sore. You know, yeah. someone says something wrong, you'd be like, off if you just want 100k you know? and that's the thing like uh, we shouldn't underestimate like and, and and i've actually crewed for matt before uh when he did ultraman what two years ago uh it, it's 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 really quite de- like we had a great time uh we had a crew of what four uh but it was, it's great fun that's that was a three-day event and that was smaller days that's about generally about eight or nine hour days for ultraman uh but matt's got Essentially, I'd guess maybe 16, 17 hours of running every day. Do you know what you should do, Matty? This is this is cool. You should, in the RV, grow veggies on the top <laughs> as you go. I mean, no, 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 but think about it. It's actually not a bad thing for the whole V power. It's not a bad thing to think about. Like, hey, hold on, we're sustainable. You know, you can grow. I mean, like, I didn't even show you what I've been doing today, Matty, so we'll, we'll get to this. But We'll get to that. <laughs> We will, but like you should be growing your own veggies as you go. Fifty days is probably enough. Oh mate, <laughs> I bok well, choy. You want to see my? Bo- I'm about to pull it up on screen. Actually, bok choy grows in three weeks. Like it's right. unbelievable. Have you ever grown bok choy, Matty? Oh, I've attempted, but no. <laughs> Brad. Yeah, I have actually uh, yeah. in my little veggie patch. But I think the reality is Matt's calorie consumption is going to be, is gonna be yeah, yeah, out of this yeah. world. He's going to eat a lot of bok choy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that is also a consideration because it's during my ultra endurance sort of endeavors, it's been a constant battle for me because I, I had these grandeur ideas on how I'd like to eat for health and mm. I have a particular idea on how I believe I should eat for health. But then there's the endurance side of things, which can oftentimes be at odds with health because uh, the ideas I have around that, the food is very low calorically, but very high value nutritionally. Mm. Whereas when you're training, you know, even at the moment I'm training, you know, say, I don't know, 14 to 16 hours a week. And oftentimes it's 15 to 20 hours a week and running a business and trying to maintain a family. Like, the calorie needs are super high. And when you get to running hundred K a day, mm. uh, you know, when I, when I run, I typically, I mean, it's, there's a, you can't rely on watches and things, but generally it's between say 800 and a thousand calories an hour. So, you know, you do do the math on that. And then my daily calorie expenditure is say 1800 calories for my, for my height and weight. So, you know, we're talking eight to probably, 10, 11, 12,000 calories a day. And it's super difficult to get that from clean, healthy food. Like you, the volume of food you have to eat is, is near impossible. So yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly interesting trying to juggle those two worlds of eating particularly how I want it for health and how I want it for, for exercise and for ultra endurance performance. What about those videos, Benny? <laughs> Jeremy, hey. that is that is it. So, so for the for the people who uh, those? It's can't see today, this, mate. for the people who can't see this, Jeremy's actually in Wanaka at the moment, uh, and he's actually been very busy the last couple of months planting a veggie patch. Over 150 plants have gone in. Um, yep. That's taken this afternoon. So we've got a range of lettuces, bok choy, um, strawberries. Oh, hey, mate! Look, I've tomatoes. 50, I've seen. 51 tomato plants have I planted. I mean, everyone would think I'm growing marijuana, which I'm not. <laughs> they are all tomatoes, 51 of them, and they're all sort of, I've, I've grown them in the hothouse. And because it's the climate down here, you, you can't really get anything outside until I, I think they say after Labor Day. 
or the snows off Mount Roy. Otherwise, you get a frost and your tomatoes are stuffed. So basically, I'm, I'm going to be, you know, harvesting a lot of tomatoes, a lot of cucumbers. But Maddie, this one's for you, mate. I love my veggies. Okay. So, <laughs> well, let's talk about let's talk about veggies. Let's, let's so, talk about veggies. Because Jeremy, know? Jeremy's obviously very proud. And look, for the people who can't see it at home, it is a very impressive veggie patch. It, I think it goes around almost the whole house, and it looks like a, it's like a little farm. So we'll it's, put it in the show notes. We'll put some photos yeah, in the show notes. Sure. Put, put it that way. But Maddie look, will um, and, and look, Matt, you touched on. The fact that, you know, this, the, this, uh, 2022 run is about promoting and advocating for a, a vegan, uh, lifestyle. But you obviously mentioned also that you weren't always a, 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 a vegan. So there is a story behind this, isn't there? Like, how did you first become vegan? Yeah, there is a story. So interestingly enough, when I was in the hardcore scene, uh, veganism and the straight edge lifestyle is quite popular and quite big. So for those who don't know, uh, straight edge is basically, uh, you might see, uh, at hardcore shows, people with X's drawn on their hands or three X symbol basically means that you make a decision not to drink or do drugs or sleep around. But for some, uh, that was a little loose. Uh, let's say that much. Uh, but, uh, I've been, I've been living that lifestyle as far as not drinking on, one of the few people, actually, I think Brad, you may be the same, but I'm one of, I don't really know anybody else that I've never drunk, tried a cigarette, drugs, uh, or anything in my life. So the only alcohol I've ever consumed is I grew up in a traditional church and had wine at communion. Um, but I've never, I've never done any of those things. So the strategy lifestyle and the hardcore scene was, was big and something I certainly assimilated uh, with. And then our veganism was also oftentimes alongside that but certainly not something that I was interested in. I, I was doing a lot of bodybuilding. I was eating up to three dozen eggs a week, heaps of meat, heaps of dairy. I've got a real sweet tooth. So three, three dozen eggs a week. I mean, come on. Now, even just for a moderate eater like me, that's a bit full on. It was. It was. Look, my personality is, uh, is everything that I do, I, I do in mm. excess. And, and in all seriousness, with the whole straight edge thing, my, uh, my grandpa was an alcoholic and, you know, I spent a bit of time waiting for my dad outside the pub with mum in the car when I was younger. That's certainly changed now. But I think if I would have started drinking and, and partaking in drugs, it would have been a, a very quick and very slippery slope. So mm. probably a good decision. I didn't go down that route. Instead, I was eating a lot of meat and dairy uh, and and just doing the bodybuilding thing. I didn't know any better. A lot of protein shakes and uh, all that sort of stuff. And then when I got into the running thing, right at the start of basically my transition of, of starting in the police and starting to run, I uh, found out that I had a pituitary tumor, uh, which for those who don't know about the pituitary gland, it's basically controls your, uh, your hormones and uh, your endocrine system. And it is if you take a cross section of your head is basically the base of your brain. So that was pretty full on that. We found that out when Tegan, when my wife Tegan was about maybe around three months pregnant with our first daughter. Uh, so, uh, I was very quickly sent to uh, Brisbane to see one of the Australia's head neurosurgeons and have surgery to have that pituitary tumor removed. During that time and during taking up taking up running, uh, I started reading in magazines about um, vegetarian and vegan diets and how they can help with performance uh, and also your health. And one thing led to another. I started reading a few books. I started doing a little bit of experimenting, moving from the gym to, to doing the running and 
through a number of books I read and things I watched. Uh, when I turned 30, I made the decision to, uh, to try vegetarianism. And to be honest, that was quite easy. Even though I was consuming a lot of meat, it was quite easy for me to, to stop eating meat and just switch things out. And then through that year, I was doing more reading, watching more things, found out about veganism and or didn't find out about it, but started to learn a lot more about it. And then made the decision on my 31st birthday to, to go uh, the whole hog for lack of a better term and, uh, and go vegan. So that took a little bit more time, probably a month or two just to transition because of the sweet tooth I had. So giving up chocolates and, and cake and, and things like that was a little harder than, and then dropping the meat. Initially that decision was made for performance and for my health due to my health concerns. And, and interestingly this, I mean, it's a very long conversation, but interestingly from the reading I've done and, and things I've sort of learned, I believe that my tumor was potentially certainly grew quicker and, and may have been able to be reversed through diet. So certain things contained in meat and dairy, I believe can promote tumor and cancer growth. So put it this way, I certainly believe it didn't help my tumor state and where I basically ended up. So that is what it is, but that was pretty much the turning point in, in my life as far as my diet goes. And as I said, originally it was for my health and for athletic performance. And those things are certainly still important to me and still at the forefront. I don't really need to think about how I eat now. It's, it's second, certainly second nature after nearly seven years or seven years. Yesterday was my birthday. So uh, seven years. Yeah, um, but uh, now I'm also do it for certainly for environmental reasons and ethical reasons. Boom. Thanks for listening to the Ocean Protect podcast. Episodes are released weekly and the next episode will feature part two of this chat. If you'd like to find out more about us and what we do, check us out at oceanprotect.com.au.